Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. We like to share stories with you about how people take charge of their own health by using cannabis in its many forms. And on the podcast today, we're going to talk to a couple who both use cannabis oil to deal with a health issue. And joining us is Julie and Alan, who don't want us to use their last name because they live in Tennessee, which is an illegal state. Thank you both for joining us. It's great to talk to you. Oh, we're it's happy to, to be, be here. here. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we talk with each other frequently. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's fine. Tell us how cannabis came into your lives. Oh, well, see, I'm a child of the 70s with all the hippie movements. I was aware of cannabis back then, and I have been all along. But uh, recently, in the, in the last few years, I've started to hear about the health benefits. So, that's what's primarily important to me. Well, uh, Julie was discovered to have ovarian cancer back in early 2017. And um, when it was discovered, uh, we decided, she decided to have surgery to have it removed. And we decided that we would use Rick Simpson oil as the treatment for her. Uh, not that we told the doctor we were going to do that, of course, but... Uh, we tried to get out of explaining it by saying, well, alternative treatments. <laughs> and he's like, like, what? <laughs> it really, if you want to see a doctor who wants to go covering his ears saying, la, 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 I don't <laughs> hear you, that was him. So we told him that we were going to use a ketogenic diet to treat the cancer. So that was something that is legitimate, but that's what we could tell him. Then we started the Rick Simpson protocol, you know, a little bit at a time and gradually building up. And then we got to the full uh, one gram a day and we blasted through the 60 grams in well under the 90 days. It was not as difficult as I thought because in my uh, past history of using or just smoking marijuana uh, casually or very socially, but not all the time, I was known as a lightweight, meaning I could take two puffs and everyone around me go up to 10, 12, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was surprised how quickly this came to uh, become something I was accustomed to. I could function. So you built up a tolerance quite quickly then. Yes, yeah, I and I so. was yeah. shocked. I, I, I mean, I was surprised. I thought, oh, maybe I'm going to spend the next month out here in the recliner or, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Nope, didn't happen that way. Now, were you taking it? Uh, how often were you taking it? That I don't recall. I don't remember the exact dosing. Um, but I think it was four, we split it up four or five times a day, maybe. He was in charge of it because my memory was not, I wasn't on top of that. Right. 
know when so, you after, go ahead, Corey. I was just wondering, uh, was this oil you made yourself or did you buy it from a dispensary? Was it a multi-strain oil? Do you know anything about how strong it was? He didn't know a clue, didn't have a clue of what we were doing. <laughs> uh, I We were running out at one point and we had some weed around, so I made a small batch to... Um, to keep us going until we got a uh, uh, more but it was not easy to get the more so we weren't even knowledgeable about nor concerned with multi strains whatever right. could be obtained for us we took it well absolutely yeah way to go and you did it all you took it all orally yeah. yes we didn't even know people did it otherwise no, yeah. when you now we understand that suppositories <laughs> would be a good idea, nor would did we mix it with CBD oil, which is supposed to uh, make the hit from the RSO uh, smaller. But anyway, we just did what we thought we should do, and I think we got most of our um, direction from Rick Simpson you know, reading and watching a few of the videos that exist. And so we thought, oh, well, this is all working good. I did have one spot of skin cancer uh, on my arm, and I applied that. And in a couple of days, it was just, it was history. And that just made me feel good about what might be happening inside. Right. What did your uh, oncologist say? Did, did <laughs> oncologists ever find out that you were taking cannabis oil? No. No, he was very upset, well, in, in the way, and a professional upset, but he kind of said, well, if you were my mother or my sister, I'd, I'd insist that you do this, and we said, well, we're going to try other means, and, you know, we just, he, he gave us that face, but what could he do, and he finally said, well, I'll support you in any way I can for testing and stuff. So that was how we left it with him until I went back later and he discovered and announced that I seemed to be cancer-free and there were no signs of anything anymore. And I'm just sitting there grinning and, and he started <laughs> grinning like he had done it all. He just He's, he's this funny guy with a, well you know, mid early forties, maybe or mid, but he, he wears this proud demeanor because after all, he's a special doctor and he wears a little bow tie and you know, his, his expression after he's, he said, you're, you're free of cancer. Let's just see you, you know, six months out. And then, and pretty soon it became, I think it got down to once a year, but he said he was so proud when he says you're part of the, graduated group we cured you of cancer <laughs> and yet they yet you didn't have any treatment he well he did but i refused it that was yeah, yeah, i, yeah, I allowed him to cut me open and yeah get those things out of here what you see there were two types and they were uh in my uh uterus one was up by the side wall of my uh hitting over where the uh maybe he said the I'm not sure, but I think he said rectum. And the other one was up where my two fallopian tubes come out on the other side. And he didn't like the idea that two kinds of them, and they weren't going to be easy to get rid of. 
but they got gone, and I was pretty happy about that. He even said, he insisted at one point I should have a hysterectomy just to keep it all, you know, super clean and good. <laughs> and he, I said, no, I didn't want it. And then in the, when they check you in before you go into the surgical suite, mm-hmm. he said, oh, we need you to sign this. No, I think a nurse did it. But on it, it said at the doctor's uh, discretion, there will be a total hysterectomy. And I said, well, oh, oh, wait, wait, uh, this this can't work. So we need to redo the paperwork. And so that delayed my procedure a bit. But, uh, it, you know, that was the only drawback we had. And it worked out. What stage were you, did they say? He didn't. But I don't. I really don't know why I didn't ask him that. Uh, They were sizable. Uh, The report that he presented to our primary care physician, she called me up one morning and she almost sounded like she was panicky. And I said, well, uh, what is it? What did it say? And she says, well, Julie, this is cancer. You have to get it out. And she sounded like it was her own daughter or something. And she, she was panicky. And I said, oh, so what should I do? And, well, I'm going to get you over to the, you know, oncology guy. And I thought, okay. And for some reason, a lot of this just kind of passed over me in that we were eating keto, very low carb all along before this. And somehow I just wasn't that worried about it. Uh, Ketones will kill that sucker. Then I realized how large it was, and that's when I said, oh, well, we better take that out. And then ketones will carry us on, and that's kind of how we went. And so I wasn't ever panicked, ever. You know, uh, Dr. Bob Bob Malamede uh, swears by a keto diet in conjunction with cannabis oil when it comes to trying to get rid of cancer. Really? Good. Yeah. Well, we strongly believe in it, both of them. So... I don't remember how big the tumor tumors were, but there was some uh, involvement with the uh, abdomen wall too. And then so, t- over where where it could have gone into my rectal area, and that was the one thing that concerned me. I thought, oh, I don't want that, you know. So I'm betting it's, it was at least stage two, if not. Yeah, yeah, it's sounding like at least stage two. I would even go so far as to say maybe stage three. But um, at any rate, look where you are now. Well, I know. And people talk to me these days and they say, well, weren't you panicked and worried? I I thought, well, no, not really. I just had had faith in the way we ate. And I also had faith in RSO by then. I just wasn't too concerned about things like, chemo and all that i i really it's almost like where was i in a dream world i wasn't even high but i wasn't that concerned <laughs> you're, you know you're like a breath of fresh air let me tell you yeah Why would that be well just because you're like i wasn't that concerned and yeah you know, they wanted me to do that chemo stuff nah you know you're just <laughs> chill you're just so chill over it well, you know, when you, upon reflection, I, maybe I should have been more concerned, but I wasn't. And perhaps a, a positive attitude factors in there, too. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that Corey talks about uh, 
a number of times is that the most, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Corey, the most successful people who take cannabis oil are ones who have an optimistic attitude like you, change their diet, but also take charge of their own health. And they don't put their health in the hands of their doctor, their oncologist, or anyone else. They say, I'm going to do this. And it sounds to me that's exactly what you did. And look at you today. You're cancer-free. Oh, heavens, yes. And I'm... uh I'm, I really, I feel, except for, uh, we've had a few other health things, you know, issues with a leg and all that. But uh, so in that regard, um, I feel like I've gone down, I've diminished my ability to live life physically the way I want to, but I'm, I'm still, I'm working on it and it's all the time improving. But the, the thing that I think that really saved us was, eating the keto diet. It it really mattered. And then I don't know if you know, Alan, you know, he was he was on keto. And uh, last year at the beginning of the year, he had two brain surgeries because he fell off a ladder and made himself break things inside. And and the surgeon commented to me after the the hours of surgery the first time She said when she opened it up, she thought, oh, I'm going to see a brain of a 70-year-old man. And it was like several decades younger. It was not gray, not shriveled. It was pink and healthy in his brain. And she said, I know now what you're telling me about eating a ketogenic diet. And, of course, he, he improved beautifully and faster than they thought he would. Backing up a little bit. Mm hmm after Julie completed the, um, the RSO course, we, she started taking small doses of RSO. And I actually started taking a small dose too. So nightly we have a micro dose. And we're, we did that all along, still doing it sort of. Well, we are still doing it. And it doesn't, both of us were kind of, troublesome sleepers at times I most of the time now I don't have any problems sleeping so I'm pretty happy about that we're well rested and we're apparently quite healthy yeah that's a that's a wonderful wonderful story that you told us Julie Alan besides your brain operations <laughs> which uh, as Julie says you have a nice pink brain and you do you mind if i mention how old you folks are no uh you're i'm 72 and julie's i'm I'm almost 74 yeah oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) yeah how quickly quickly we forget right yeah that memory problem Now, Alan, have you used cannabis for any ailment that you've had? Until Julie finished her RSO treatment. No, I had never used it before. Then I started microdosing with her. So that was my first involvement with cannabis. Now, our microdosing is with, um, uh, what do you call them, those little capsules? Oh, yeah, I, uh, well... What we were doing uh, is I was putting a small amount 
in a gelatin capsule for each of us because I thought I could control the dosage better that way. So we would take it orally. Uh, now what we're doing is we're using suppositories and that I, you make. Yeah, that I make. And I can control the amount in there fairly precisely too. Uh, just squirting it out of the tube is not precise enough. You get massive amounts instead of the controlled amount. Mm-hmm. And but you- he doesn't. He has no experience in previous years of ever, uh, you know, uh, marijuana's usage in in a uh, social way is is or recreational is people get a little high. They know what to expect. Uh, People who have not ever done that have no expectation. And I've read of a few people who began this uh, regimen, RSO, and they didn't seem to understand the warnings of working up to it gradually. So some of them would get messed up for a couple days because all they want to do is sleep. Well, you can't overdose on it, but you can sleep a lot. And it always, it occurred to me that people don't pay heed to that advice. Get yourself a little accustomed to the feeling. And those who've never smoked or gotten high, especially, this is going to surprise them, I'm sure. So you never touched it before you were with Julie, right, Ellen? That's correct. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> uh, he was working. <laughs> yeah. Ian, I'd just like to point out that you weren't exactly 19 when you first tried this. Uh, yeah, I know. And just, just bringing that in, just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. did it shock you at first? Yeah, I, uh, I took Corey's advice to... Uh, start very small and an hour later I thought this doesn't work I'm going to take some more oh and uh for a couple of days it uh, really rocked my world I slept a lot but you know what I take a microdose every night and uh, have for a number of years I guess Corey since you and I first met and you first introduced me to it and uh I feel fantastic Good. And um, I don't have any ailments that people our age have. And uh, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, nobody's ever died from it, right? Nobody in the the history of cannabis has ever died. Yet the medical profession gives us these pharmaceutical drugs which have devastating effects on the body and have killed hundreds of thousands of people over the years. Somehow that's legal. Somehow cannabis is illegal. It just doesn't make sense. But if you want to find out the reason behind it, just follow the money. I, I believe that's true. And, you know, we, we uh, promote it whenever we can to people who we know can have access to it. I wish, you know, we had ready access, but at least we have people who help us uh, from places where they can get it. And uh, a few people uh, that I don't even know, but knew my friends and family who were helping me, they said, hey, we'll cut the price down to our wholesale cost. And 
we want to help someone beat cancer and just let us know how it goes out. So people are willing to help you. You just have to keep reaching out. How receptive are people your age to using cannabis? Do you know anyone? Uh, In the state of Tennessee, 81% are in favor of medical marijuana. Wow. Isn't that great? great. Unfortunately, we still don't have the law, but many people are in favor of it. I don't think we've actually talked to anybody about it person in person given yeah. the, the danger of it but uh, but I have talked to residents people I somewhat know um, acquaintances I should say and they are curious and so I fill them in that they know I'm not going to be able to provide them with anything and yet the curiosity is there, and that's, I think that's a real positive. Absolutely. Get, yeah, you guys are getting the word out there. Yes. Well, heck yeah. yeah. One of the things that we like to do is, is help educate people on the medical use of cannabis. And uh, I think, you know, through stories like your own and others, and I think it's extremely valuable to help people understand that cannabis is not going to hurt them. Yes, and that's, we stress that a lot. Like, you cannot overdose on it. You might sleep a lot longer than you want to, but you'll get accustomed to it. But when they realize they won't get sick from it and they won't die from it, that seems to open up. You see a little sparkle in their eyes sometimes. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the, a lot of people, with the exception of Alan, have tried cannabis when they were younger. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, Alan and Ian. Well, yes, I tried it when I was I've tried it when I was younger, but it didn't have the potency that it does today. I'll tell you. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but at the time, for those of us, you know, when I was in my early twenties, and I would take like a nickel bag of marijuana and you know, roll a joint usually. Well, gonna say, that didn't do very much. It was so lack of potency. Yeah, right. You could smoke, uh, you could smoke a lot then. Well, I was still cheap date. I couldn't smoke a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit went a long way and I thought that was it until years later and I started becoming familiar with new strains that had been introduced. And in those days, I was still in California. So, you know, that, there's a lot of it growing there. Yes. Ellen, let me ask you a question. Since you are a relative newcomer, to cannabis, uh, what are your thoughts on the use of cannabis now compared to the thoughts you may have had, say, 10 years ago? <laughs> oh, um, I didn't really think about it much. I, uh, although, let me back up, my uh, stepson and wife at that point did use it smoked it and uh she only did when uh my stepson was around but uh, she uh, was very ill dying with uh, pancreatic cancer 
So I actually bought her uh, a small amount of marijuana for her to smoke. Unfortunately, she was too far gone at that point. I actually rolled a joint for her. That's good. Uh, mm. But she was too far gone for it to do anything for her, unfortunately. Perhaps she didn't really understand how helpful it could be either. I mean, she didn't have a broadcast like this to help you. Well, she liked uh, smoking it. It's just that it didn't help her at that point. Yeah. You know, Corey, here's a question I've never asked you. Do you smoke cannabis at all? Very, very occasionally. Uh. Very occasionally. I, j- I basically do oil, and I'm not an edibles fan because I don't like the uh, I don't like not having control. You know, you know, I'm a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, I had edibles once, and unfortunately, it was a bad situation. Somebody gave me an edible and did not tell me it was an edible. Oh, wow. It was at somebody's place for dinner, and we had stuffed mushrooms, and he never said a word, and uh, it was such a horrible experience that I've mm. never ever forgotten. So no, I stick to oil mainly. I don't blame you. I had uh, uh, cannabis butter from a dispensary in San Francisco when I lived there. And I thought, oh, you know, th- these stressful days at work and I, I I was about to go and I toasted a bagel and threw some of that on it. And I thought, huh, this will take the edge off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 15 or 20 minutes later, I'm driving through downtown San Francisco traffic, and I thought I was going to lose my mind. I thought, what do I do? Uh, Go where you know to go. So I did the best I could. I got there and downed a whole bunch of strong coffee, and, you know, it finally went away, but I didn't like that. I thought it was scary because I had no clue about what to expect. I thought it would calm the nerves a bit and I had a little arthritis you know that's oh that was terrible yeah well you know and yet there are people that really enjoy edibles too it's just uh it's not my bag though so no I stick to oil mainly I do too but I gotta tell you that I still and I I can't my arthritic fingers work pretty well but not when it comes to rolling anymore and when somebody I know comes to visit and they have a rolled one for me and there's something um i don't know i want to say reminiscent but it brings back a happy feeling but i cannot smoke a whole one but i like it and i know it's smoke and it's going in there and it's not good but of course i rarely ever do that so there's a reminiscent thing about it it's a youthful feeling isn't it (laughs) <laughs> there you go and that might be it it's just it brings back those youthful days of silliness have you tried cbd for your arthritis oh heck yeah i use cbd with cbg and i i do that about three times a day and it keeps it all at bay i'm great. happy with that great excellent yeah i heard about a new strain with cbd they're offering um there's CBD, CBG, and then a CBDA, which is, I rarely read about it. And I'm kind of curious. Do you know about that? No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, someday I'll find out more and I'll send you an email. 
So your days of uh, smoking a joint and following the Grateful Dead around the U.S. are over? Probably, yes. I don't like to travel <laughs> by plane anymore. Yeah. And the Grateful Dead, everybody there was kind of stoned. And I wasn't ever too happy in a crowd of people who were all stoned. Although I've been in several, not on purpose, but in San Francisco, when they legalized it there, you could go to street fairs, you know, like jazz and other really cool ones. And all around us, people would be smoking. Mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of secondhand smoke that way. But also, the cops just left them all alone. They didn't bother anyone. And and it was kind of an interesting environment. Probably still is. So, yeah. Julie, you are perfectly healthy now. Your ovarian cancer has gone. And uh, you are cancer-free you attribute that to, I guess, you have to give the the doctor a bit of credit for cutting it out, but uh, the fact that it's disappeared and you're cancer-free is attributable to the cannabis oil you take and the microdosing you do every day. Do I have that right? Well, oh, totally. It's the way to go. Perfect. And Alan, you're going to, you still microdose? And yes, it helps me sleep. I had a sleep problems for a long, long time. Now, my sleep through the night, just fine. Nice. And his brain is still healing. You know, it hasn't even been 18 months out mm. since he had two in a row. Huge surgeries, and everybody kept saying, this is life-changing, so, you know, prepare yourself. And here he is, bouncing back. Ah, well, Nice. Very Cannabis is supposed to help with traumatic brain injuries. Among yes. Them. So that's what I had. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we interviewed a number of years ago Debbie Wilson, who lives in the U.S. I forget what state she lives in, Corey. She uh, is writing a book. State. <laughs> Pardon me? So don't look at me for the state. Oh, I can't okay. <laughs> and uh, – she has a Facebook site on traumatic brain injuries, and uh, she absolutely swears by cannabis in helping that. And I think you're on the right track, Alan. Good for you. Well, you also had another one with a guy that had three traumatic brain injuries yeah, or something yeah. like that. I forget. Was he in – he was in England? No, I, thought he was in the, I thought he was in the States, I but I'm not remember. sure yeah. either. Hmm. Here we well, are. Here we are. So four cool. elderly people trying to remember something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's the uh, Where's the memory action going on here? We're doing our best. We're doing our best. Yeah. Leave us alone. <laughs> Is there anything that the two of you would like to say in conclusion? You. Uh, well, I do have a funny story that hasn't come up yet. In the middle of the RSO protocol, I'm not sure whether it was she was all the way up to one gram a day. Or I was. Not. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> we needed to take a plane trip. So Julie goes through TSA and on the gets plane, on the yeah, plane yeah. and we get off and uh, get a car and go to our final destination. Uh, on that much RSO. I mean, I was, 
Corey, I was up to a full gram or more a day. I was into, but I was getting used to it. Right. I could maintain just fine. And I thought, well, the only test will be at TSA. And so give them good eye contact when they want it. And I did. And then when we got to our destination, people there were prepared with more for me to continue my dosing. So I didn't have to travel with anything. It was pretty cool. And most of the people didn't even realize I'd had any problem. And I was kind of surprised. I thought, I might be kind of goofy. Nope, I wasn't. By then... But then I was okay. You maintained. Good for you. Yep. <laughs> That's great. It's wonderful to hear from both of you. We greatly appreciate you doing this. Thanks very much. Well, thank you for all you do. It's yeah. great. We just love being able to share your broadcasts with people, too. So just keep on keeping on. We'll uh, keep on keeping on. Thank you. Uh, thanks, folks, for coming on. Much appreciated. It was very nice of Julie and Alan to contact us to tell their story. And if you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, then go to our website, Cannabis Health Radio, and send us an email and tell us your story. And who knows, maybe we'll contact you and uh, you can be on Cannabis Health Radio. I'd like to thank Ron Zahar for donating his studio time to us. And uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Ron. And also thank Mark in Belgium, who posts our podcast to YouTube. Don't forget YouTube uh, videos. Uh, There's no video of us, thank God, but um, it's a video of our podcast. And just a reminder that Cannabis Health Radio, we have no sponsors, so we rely on your support to keep us going. And you can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation for as little as $5, which today seems to be almost the price of a cup of coffee. And uh, don't forget to share our podcast on any social media platform that uh, you belong to. And once again, thank you for your support and thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.